Welcome to your podcast, Leadership is Tricky, where we'll tackle various topics, challenges, and experiences as it relates to your investment in leadership. So, let's design success together. Now your hosts. Hey folks, welcome back to Leadership is Tricky. I'm here with Steve. What's up, Steve? Hey man, just living in this tricky world. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm sitting in my attic again. So I think we're like on day 10 or something like that. I think I'm losing my uh, my frame of reference in the world. I need to see people's faces. Are you feeling like uh, you feel like it's like castaway? You making marks on the wall every day after? <laughs> the problem is I don't have my Wilson. Oh uh, yeah, you don't have a Wilson. Yeah. Ah. Um, so today we have uh, a guest with us, um, also a coworker of ours, Miss Valerie Myers. How are you, Valerie? I am good. Thank you for having me. Oh no problem. Um, I know you. Probably wanted to see our faces too, you know, being stuck in the house for a few days. Um, yeah, because we're we're here on FaceTime, so we figured out the technology to bring multiple people into our session. So um, we are in 2020, so it's nice. <laughs> yeah. So, so for the audience, so we wanted to do a follow-on to our um, leading through chaos because we got some good feedback, and you know, the, folks have been downloading it um, a lot. So uh, I think folks want to hear more about it. But on LinkedIn, Miss Valerie Myers posed a great question back to us. Like, how do we keep the momentum post-crisis, right? So we talk about lessons learned and we talk about all the goodness is coming out of it and how we're looking at um, where we have areas of improvement, et cetera. But how do we just keep the goodness going after we get out of it? So I'll turn it over to you, Steve and Valerie, so we can start having a conversation about it. Um, and I'll jump in like double Dutch later. Yeah, I mean, I'll start. I think we touched on it a little bit. I think one of the things that I'm going to really take away from this when we get back to the office and back to whatever we call reality after, you know, post COVID-19, it's all about these lessons learned and the things that, um, that are, that are actually working for us today. You know, the world that I'm looking at after this is all said and done is going to be more telework friendly. It's going to be more, you know, higher levels of trust with employees, not ha- not having that physical. I'm seeing you in a in a chair behind a desk that that gives me confidence that you're doing work. Um, we're we're looking at more like performance oriented kind of environments now, where you kind of have to trust that the person's going to do the work. When they have the downtime, they're going to work on their self development or whatever else that they want to do. Um, so those are the those are the kind of values and ideals that I'm personally going to try and instill and keep inculcating with the team as we go forward. And then finally, you know, everybody having that kind of self direction and self motivation to get after the mission and help others. I think that's going to be the final bit bit of uh, positive news. I should come out of this because of us being all isolated. We've really had to rely on each other either virtually on a phone or whatnot. And then using the tools that we've maybe neglected this whole time, such as, you know, the necessary that we have is like SharePoint and things like that. You know, how can we make the tools that we have actually work for us in the right way? So that's where I'm at today. Well, I think for me, one of the things that I'm always impressed with at times of, I would say, national level or at least state level crises is how much we're able to get done when there is a very clear objective that we're working towards. So, you know, if there's a hurricane, if there's an earthquake, if there's a pandemic, we all know very clearly what it is that we're trying to accomplish. 
um, whether it's in direct support of a pandemic or we have things that are sort of offshoots that we know still have to get done and the priority becomes clear. I think that's one of the things that we miss a lot in our day-to-day lives, right? So, you know, a lot of times we get caught up in the mechanics of what it is we're doing. We're answering emails. We're, you know, going to meetings. We are, you know, filling out those trip reports. But we tend to really lose focus on why we are working on those things. And if, if this crisis has done anything for me, it has really made me remember that that why is so important. You know, why are we doing the things we're doing? And that helps us set the priorities and it helps us bin things properly rather than just binning them because they're there. No, I think that's a great point. And I think we, we lose that every day. And we talk about it a lot, Steve and I. And, you know, since uh, you've come on board with us, uh, Valerie, we talk about it a lot as well is the why we do what we do. Um, and that gets lost. And I always go on this rant about um, purpose. Right. And our purpose defines who we are and why we do things um, in our lives. And for me, it's always been to serve. Right. And I feel like uh, Steve and I have had a little bit of rub over the last couple of weeks as far as me diving into my purpose because I want to serve. So I don't wait for a lot of um, indecision. Um, and if I do see folks not being decisive, I just I, I, I make decisions and I keep going uh, to take care of the people that are under my umbrella. Um, and, and it rubs some people the wrong way because they feel like, well, you know, why aren't we waiting for um, certain levels of the organization to make those decisions for us. Well, sometimes, you know, when it's something new, maybe they're stuck and they're frozen in place and we just have to keep moving forward. But for me, it's, it's all about, you know, the why and why we do what we do. So that way, you know, I, I whittle it all the way down to my purpose. And I know I said a lot of words there, but you know, I'm very passionate about that piece. And we talk about it, you know, Steve and I about that. Why, um, I think we even have an, had an episode about it at some point too, Steve, where we talked about, um, you know, purpose and and getting after the the things in our lives and letting that passion drive us rather than letting decisions uh, shape us. Yeah, that's my mantra. Um, I always talk about passion to purpose. It's always about aligning that intrinsic motivation, what's inside us, to an objective that's on the wall that everybody's looking at. That's the light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, Valerie, you bring up a really good point because normally in organizations that I've found, you know, a lot of people might be working on different objectives or purposes or strategic outcomes, however you want to couch it. You know, the more and more that that happens in silos, we're all misaligned. We're all trying to knock out different fires when there might be one common goal. And right now the common goal is to stay healthy, number one, self-isolate. You know, the social distancing, like we can speak. I mean, this comes right off the tongue with everybody now. And that's the common creed right now that everybody's, you know, pushing towards and really trying to, um, to, to, to enable ourselves to like, you know, achieve like the lower numbers and flattening the curve. Like I'm saying all the buzzwords because that is the common goal right now that everybody's achieving and striving for. And it's so important, especially when we go back to the office and back to our normal lives, if it's in an office setting, if it's on a team with you know sports and whatever, 
that you got to know what that why is and everybody has to be all bought into that as well. So, so you both said something um, that I just want to expand on. So you both said going back to our normal lives. Um, what are you guys' thoughts? Is this our new normal? I wouldn't say that this is a new normal yet. Right. I think that for it to become a new normal, it has to be sustained. And I'm not sure that it's going to be necessarily. Uh, the parts that I think we can leverage going forward, I think that's up to people like us to make sure we sustain the positive, positive aspects of, of this new normal. Uh, obviously, there are things that are not great about it. And we need to figure out how to diminish those things. But I think that the ideal would be that we learn how to incorporate things like that. Why? Right. I mean, I, I know that there are people who understand why in a lot of cases, but I think that the, the trick has been, and I think Steve, this is what you were really alluding to very well is that there is a common lexicon that we're using across the globe right now. So everybody is bought into it. It's not just one person who understands why. Everybody globally gets it. And I think that when you scale that down to the local work level, it's incumbent upon us to figure out how to make sure that our new normal incorporates that why that sense of urgency at our team level, at our you know branch level, at our section level, division, whatever it is. But that has got to be common across the board. And I don't think it has been in a lot of places uh, until recently. So what I like is seeing everybody working together, everybody figuring out what is it we have to do. And they understand why, which is the big thing, which is why work is getting accomplished so much faster. Uh, and I think we're seeing a great deal of efficiencies now. Yeah. So I think I would challenge the last piece there, right? The efficiencies piece. Um, I think that we're, we're just getting things done because we know they have to get done. It might not be the most efficient way, but it's getting done and it's to enable decision, you know, decision cycles and, and processes. And, um, and I'm starting to see that we we're, we're highlighting some big gaps and chasms that we have in our everyday workings that, um, I think people can appreciate that when we do come out of this, that we need to fix it. Um, and then, you know, there's things like, uh, you know, Steve's doing that he's fixing things in flight for us to be more efficient. And, that, and I think that's amazing. And I think that's awesome. And I think that that's the, that I think that's the point that I was trying to make with the question, is this our new normal? And I think coming out of this, we'll start to look at things differently, understanding that we do need a taxonomy and lex lexicon across the board. Um, and then people can look to their left and right and understand that that person's in, in this fight with them. Um, and that they're all striving for the same type of purpose. Um, so I'll, I'll pause there for you, Steve. Yeah, I think, I, I hate how I say I think all the time, sorry. I know this is true, that we're living in an agile kind of mindset right now, whether we like it or not. I think, and I just said it again, <laughs> there's my buzzword. Uh-oh. Um, you know, being able to embrace ambiguity, that's the one thing that I've been telling, you know, everybody on my team, everybody around me that's working with me today, we're all having to embrace it and be okay with it and build it as we go. Collaboration platforms we're not familiar with, virtual capabilities we're not familiar with, working in a bubble that I don't have someone over my shoulder telling me, did you get this done? Having the water cooler talk physically with people, 
we've had to embrace it and just kind of get comfortable with it and shorten that kind of time frame so much faster than what we normally do. And I'm sure that's harder for some than most. Not saying this is an easy thing, but it's also challenged us to be as good as we can in the moment. And all of the stories that you hear about online, people taking that risk and just trying something, potentially failing and then trying something different, our organization's doing it every day. And it's been fun to watch our command and leadership kind of give us all that, um, that, that, that risk and say, you know what, go try this anyways. We're going to try it out and see if it works. If it doesn't, we'll pivot and go to something else and see if that sticks to the wall. And it's just all about trying to do that instead of waiting for that 100% solution where we you know, spend all that time trying to get every requirement known to man, that old waterfall type approach. I'm all about where we're at right now. So I'd almost reframe what you said about the risk piece. I'd probably use a different word. I'd use trust because I'm starting to see that through this, um, people are 100% trusting that folks are doing what they're supposed to be doing and that innovation's happening. Um, new processes are being developed. There's collaboration across silos, right? Because I, I don't really see the silos of excellence that I did three weeks ago. Um, I see folks in these collaboration rooms and we're talking about everything and anything. And people are just picking up tasks in this very agile um, way. You know, like if we were running a software development um, shop um, and that, you know, I, well, I spent about 10 hours doing a purse stat to track personnel. I'm an, the engineering guy. Right. So why am I doing that? But it's because it needs to be done and, and we're helping each other. And I think there's a little bit of rub. Um between these different silos initially because they feel like why are you in my lane then it gets to a certain point where there's results and now there's some trust that hey i can come to you again if i do need some help or some technical expertise or whatever um so that's i think i would would just change the word from risk to it's more of trust people are just more trusting um yeah so what are your thoughts uh valerie i think the flip side of that is that we are also we feel empowered Right. So we know that we're trusted by our peers and our leaders, and we don't feel fear that we're going to do something wrong. I mean, everybody knows that we're in uncharted waters right now and that everybody's doing the best they can. And while we may be having to deal with certain gaps that exist in processes or the way we've been doing business, the bottom line is it's getting done. Things are getting done. And I, I think that that's a, a unique circum aspect of this circumstance that we're all under right now is even when our, our old fallback isn't available to us, um, we are just trying to be creative and figure out how we can lean on each other. Um, I'm also seeing that there's less of a knowledge is power sort of mentality going around right now. Everybody is sharing everything. Um, you know, we just had a meeting today where we were talking about make sure that your backup understands everything that you've got going on and that you're putting it in these collaborative collaboration work sites so that it's available to anybody who needs it. Um, that's, that's the way business, you know, has been done sometimes in the past and by some people. Um, but I don't think that it was always done consistently. And I'm seeing that consistency right now, which I think is a good sign. Yeah, I found it kind of cool. Um, so last night, 
because um, you had mentioned um, some some new things are happening. And I know we're talking about normals and trust. And then, Steve, you alluded to like the telework piece where and I heard it again this morning or uh, somebody used the, the word telecation and, um, you know, folks being productive and things like that, which I had to laugh at because. Somebody asked me last night two questions. They said, hey, if you have the chance to telework, why would you do it? Yes or no? Well, I'm already doing it. And then the second piece is what's the advantage or disadvantage to the uh, people part of it and into the business. And one of the things I really focused in on was the business side of it is that now that we come out of this, I'd really like to look at reducing our footprint. Um, the, the fact that we have so much office space and so many big offices and we, we spend you know, millions of dollars on um, outfitting offices for IT equipment that I'm finding now that I could do the, my job from anywhere in the world as long as I have an internet connection. Um, so, so as we come out of this, I know we keep talking about momentum. I think the momentum is having that flexibility um, to be able to do whatever we need to do anywhere and that I can trust my people um, to be extremely productive. You know, we take away the commute um, from them. Um, people, I will tell you, I don't know about you guys, but I know I work longer when I'm sitting upstairs in my attic and I'm on the box without the distractions um, and I'm getting after things very rapidly because I don't have to go hunt people down three floors down uh, or they might be at lunch or they might be at the bathroom. They might be talking to Steve, whatever the case may be, and wait for them to come back to get them a message. I mean, now it's it's almost instant um, feedback and products are, are, are being um, produced rapidly. And then, you know, when I do have a question uh, about something, I can just hit somebody up on chat and get some clarity um, as to I'm moving forward. So I say all that just because I, got, I did get those two questions last night about telework. And I know you had mentioned that earlier, Steve, about um, people not having the trust that people are doing what they're supposed to be doing while they're teleworking. So let's talk about that for a little bit. So the, the digital um, kind of environment that we're living in right now because of the crisis, how do you guys view that? And, you know, what are the benefits and um, what are some of the things that um, you guys would consider a con? So I'm going to be opposite. I'm actually going to focus on the cons. I'm usually the positive guy talking about all the you know, the, the great things about things. The one thing we're all missing right now is that human-to-human -human interaction. You know, I can see you guys on my iPad through this little hole in the screen. I have a little bit of that connection with you right now. You can see me waving my arms and doing all of my nonverbal stuff. But at the end of the day, and I crave it, maybe it's just because I'm more of that extroverted mindset, that human to human being able to see, feel, touch someone that's in front of me, that's something that I'm truly missing. I think that it does dissuade kind of collaboration long term, maybe not in the short term, but as far as talking about teams coming together, building that candor, that trust, that psychological safety, all of that stuff that you know, all the, the good books and the good authors out there, out there tell you about. And then conversely to that, when we talk about the agile mindset, part of that manifesto is about the osmotic communication that happens on a team when you're in the same room, the same physical space, you're hearing stuff. I know we have it today with chat rooms and virtual capabilities where people say something and someone picks up off of that. But we're also missing a little bit of that because we truly are still siloed physically from each other. So I think a little bit of that, we just have to, we have to identify strategies to alleviate the impacts of that because you're not going to reduce it a hundred percent. What about you, Valerie? 
I just want to kind of build off what you said, uh, Steve. We, I think I mentioned this to you previously that I worked on private industry a while ago, and I had uh, that I worked for this company that where they required us to telework three days a week. So Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays we had to telework, and then on Tuesdays and Thursdays we came in for that you know face to face engagement, and for us that was our meeting time. So. We'd meet on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then everybody had to make sure that they teleworked on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And I did, much like you, Eric, you know, we were we put in so many hours uh, when we were teleworking on those days. And I think that that might have been sort of a, a devious master plan for the, the leaders at that company. But I'll tell you what, I mean, when we came together on Tuesdays and Thursdays, it was almost like a party. But we were getting stuff done. But it was so nice to just be around people. Uh, and I think it really worked for those who are very extroverted in nature and need to have that, you know, human to human interaction. And while, yes, these, um, these communication tools that we have available today make it easy to see people, you are missing a lot on the nonverbal cues for sure. And there's just something, I was thinking about this today, that I can't wait to get, you know, back to these one-on-ones with my team where I can sit, you know, knee to knee with them, look over their packages, uh, make sure that, you know, they don't have any questions or that there's, if, if I see a gap uh, or, you know, a, a trend that really comes up about because of that, you know, that conversation that we're having right there together, I know that that is a more effective means of communicating and teaching really in a lot of ways uh, when we have things beyond just surface level discussions that we're trying to have with people. So I do, I do th- agree with you that there is something lost in the, um, in the medium that we're being forced to, to work within right now. But it's another communication tool. And so as a project manager, I love it when I get another, you know, uh, tool in my toolbox, right? And now people are getting more comfortable with it. So I think that we'll probably start seeing reliance on these types of technologies a lot more in the future. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a highly functioning introvert, um, which means I do get energy from being alone, but I will tell you my cup is overflowing right now um, because I need to see someone other than just my kids and my wife. I need to be around people right now. Um, and it's, and it's hurt me that I can't do it. I mean, I had a birthday, um, earlier this week and I was sitting here on the box because I thought to myself, why would I take leave if I'm just going to sit at the house anyway? Um, and I can't go anywhere. Um, and then I was also thinking like, usually on my birthday, you know, we'd have dinner with friends or something like that. And, it was missing. And now my, my wife filled the void for me. But um, yeah, today, this morning, it was it was a struggle to come up and get on the box again up here in my attic and not be around people. So, yeah, I think I need to do my Myers-Briggs again because I might be an extrovert. I don't know. But no, you are. You are. You know, <laughs> I won't I won't let you label me. No, I think I would have to agree with Steve. I think you're an extrovert there, Eric. <laughs> All day long, man. All day. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, so now we've talked about, you know, the, the trust factor and we've talked about the tools and the technology and, 
you know, the things that we're, we're starting to gain as we, you know, go day to day in this uh, self-isolation and being indoors and, and working away. What are some things that we can take forward as leaders, though, is um, what are some things that you're going to change uh, when you finally get back to your new normal? You know, I'm, I'm kind of new here. So, you know, there are things that I'm still learning about how what we do ties into our broader strategy. But I really think that making that connection, not just understanding it myself, but really pulling that connection into um, how everything is interconnected, uh, just like what we're seeing today, right? So we have a global pandemic. We've got uh, projects that still need to, to go forward, even in this environment. People have figured out which ones are most important right now and why priorities have shifted and they're all connected somehow. And it's that connectivism. I don't even know if that's a word, but I think it's that being connected that is uh, really important for us to think about. How is this meeting feeding another meeting? How is this project furthering the strategy of this, you know, bigger picture item that it is that we're trying to get after. And I, I really do think it's important to communicate that as far down into the team as possible. So for me, now that I'm starting to really get the lay of the land here uh, more, I, I think that's something I'm going to be pulling out a lot more frequently. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned in your post too, that I really keened in on was um, that meaningful engagement piece. And um, I think that when you wrap everything that you just set up in a, in a nice little box and with a bow, it's that meaningful engagement and creating those relationships and connections and, um, and feeding it down to your team. So, yeah, so that'd be, that's, that's one thing we can write down that we'll take forward with us as we come out of this crisis. And what about you, Steve? So I'm going to steal Valerie's whole thing originally about the why, um, not to divulge too much about my team at the organization, but we've always had an identity crisis anyways, not only internally, but even externally to our team, um, people inside the organization we work at, and then all of our kind of regional offices across the, uh, the geographic landscape, they've always understood kind of what we do, but they don't really know what we do. And what's really fortuitous is we had an offsite right before all of this COVID-19 stuff happened. And we all came together and we started really talking about the teaming stuff, because I believe we're in that we kind of go between, you know, forming and storming. We haven't really normed around a lot of our business processes. So I took a step back from all of that. And we, we talked about the values on the team. What do we hold true to that? And we talked about rituals on the team and what do we want to hold sacred as far as, you know, we agreed there's going to be a block of time every other week where we put work aside and you have to be there. We're going to hold each other accountable to that. Um, why I'm talking about all of this is because when we get back, I am going to go hard on to all of the organizations that we talk to internally, externally, and to Valerie's point, as low as it needs to go and as high as it needs to go. Like, this is who we are. This is our why. This is our value proposition and statement to, to anybody that wants to listen to that. And then we market ourselves. and We've really got to be very consistent with that. What I challenged my team on was, you know, we have this mission statement that looks good on paper, but does everybody really have true 100% clarity on that statement? Do they know what each word means there? And then conversely to that, all of those values that we're going to hold true to the team, we just have to keep emphasizing that. That's, some, that's my personal challenge is to keep ourselves attributed to that. 
And they constantly put work to the side and revisit those and do retrospectives against the mission, the values, the strategy that we're trying to achieve. Just make sure we're all on that same page and consistently communicating that. So that's that's what I'm going to be doing. No, I think it's amazing. I think one of the things that I'm going to uh, that I've learned over the you know last few weeks is that, um, and, and I wrote it in one of my um, leadership is tricky things on LinkedIn. But I think people are are, are truly amazing, um, and I really want to walk around the building and shake people's hands as we come out of this, um, and tell them that they did a great job and that um, they need to continue to to move forward in that positive direction. Um, and really, it's been unlikely heroes. Um, because when you're not, when you're in your silo and you listen to the noise in an organization, right? No one's doing anything. Um, if you listen to the noise, but right now we're starting to see that people are doing a ton of work. They're doing a ton of great things. They have great ideas. And I want to bring a, a group of those people together to say, Hey, here's some problem sets that we need to work through and give them that, give them the work, um, to, you know, work through that complex problem. But for me, it, it's more about it's it's connecting more with the people that I don't normally connect with every day um, and, and build those relationships. And that's really what I'm going to take. And we're only, what, two weeks in, three weeks in now. Um, so I know there's more to be learned. Um, and I know I'll probably have a different set of things that I'm going to take forward next week um, as we continue to talk through this and, and be a part of this. So so with that, though, I want to thank Valerie for coming on um, and joining us um, on Leadership is Tricky. So we'll welcome you back next week if you want to be a part of it as well. Um, so as we learn through this, people can hear your voice. Um, yeah, Valerie, it was great having you on here. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I, I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, so Val I'm going to post a picture of uh, all of us, too, because I, I took a snapshot. So Valerie's sitting in a rocking chair at the house trying to get her kids Right, hey, she's right on telework. Of all of us, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I've been sitting in this little plastic chair. I think I need to switch it out. It's hurting me. <laughs> but Dude, uh, that ball we talked about. There you go. Yeah, but <laughs> no. So for everyone out there, you know, stay stay healthy, um, stay safe, take care of your family and uh, and friends, and uh, continue to reach out to each other virtually. Um, you know, practice self isolation. Um, heed the restrictions that are out there um, so that way we can uh, get through this pandemic a little bit faster um, and safer and smarter. Um, but um, thanks to the audience for listening to us today. Um, you can reach us on all the major um, outlets and podcasts, uh, all the major podcast outlets, like Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even at leadershipistricky.com. You can also reach me or Steve at Eric. E-R-I-C-K at leadershipistricky.com if you just want to shoot us an email, which I think I got a couple the other day that I need to respond back to. I think I did. We'll see. But, um, yeah, thanks for uh, hanging in with us uh, and uh, stay tuned. We're, I think we're going to try to do another um, one maybe midweek next week um, if Steve and I have some time. Um, and then one at the end of the week just to kind of capture what we're doing in the moment. So um, thanks again for listening. Any parting shots, Valerie? Nope, all good here. All right, Steve? No, I just, uh, I will say, everybody out there that's doing the COVID challenge stuff and licking toilet seats, please don't do that. Well, that's that's been thing. really disturbing to watch. <laughs> uh, oh, man. <laughs>
so, so, it, so on with that, all the goodness, we get some of that out there too. So it's kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of gross. All right. Well, on that note, um, yeah, you guys have a good, uh, good day and we'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye.